We've seen all the video call fails by now. The mute button mishaps, the cat cameos, people not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off. But none of this makes Fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch, mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy-bitsy baby duck. How do I turn this thing off? It's too late, Fred. It's too late. When you realize it's better to do business in person, it matters where you stay. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn, Fred. The meeting room is right down the hall. Hilton, for the stay. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Someplace underneath. Are you feeling at all weird about the reemergence of society, but not in a I'm afraid of germs way, but a I don't know who I are anymore? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't remember who I used to be. And um, I think everybody's kind of going through PTSD that's unprocessed. Mm-hmm. And um, I like to take time to myself and like meditate, you yeah. know, but I don't know if everybody else does that. And maybe that's why there's so many fights at the airport. <laughs> oh, my Lord. The planes are a mess right now. People yeah. are just trying to chop down hijacking them oh and like God. there was no reason there was like they just went off their meds yeah it wasn't even like what? they didn't have some grand plan that's They're scarier just like, yeah it's, it's scarier, scarier when there's no reason right because that means that anybody at any time on a plane can just go you know what i'm gonna try to take this plane down i feel really crazy and let's just see what happens yeah why not we could all die from covid let's <laughs> rock and roll with this plane i'll take it to phoenix i don't know where they where, where were they planning on going uh, I don't think either one of the two Delta ones that just happened had a plan of any sort. No, they're just like, fuck it up. Yeah. And although the one guy did have um, a helmet and knee pads on when he got on the plane. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. But survive that. Crash. I'm very sorry that he was going through um, a thing, but also he terrorized people. So Whew. you get roasted. It's a lot. And it's also heat madness, you know, especially in California. Like I walk around everywhere. I love it. But people are getting um, just a little spicy. A little, yeah, a little, um, they're not getting all the oxygen maybe they need. Maybe definitely following me on the streets. And I'm getting more oh, and more vocal with people. Like yeah. I just turn around and it's like, fuck you, you know, because yeah. you have to. They're, they're going to look for somebody that's going to be like, well, I guess I can't. I oh, yeah. Always, always. Even pre-COVID, that's always the, there are, most people who want to attack are looking for an easy target. Yeah. Which is why. I just always walk around looking. I try to look as crazy as possible. Crazy and mean. Mm-hmm. And people are like, why don't you smile? And I'm like, because I don't want to get killed. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And also, 
because I'll fucking kill you with my razor teeth. You see me smile? They're my <laughs> weapons. Uh, don't, if you see my teeth, you know it's too late for you. Too late. Although sometimes I do smile to like de-escalate a situation. I'm very good at that. Oh, Just sure. Like, it's okay, y'all. Come on. Now stop fighting. Oh, for sure. But it's still crazy. I can't believe it still sometimes happens. But how many times when I was growing up in the 90s and 2000s that a man commanded that I smile on the street that I had never met before? Mm. Smile more. Why don't you smile? I mean, that really happens all the time. Yeah. And it's such a small thing, but it's a it's a thing that's like, no, this is my body. You know what I mean? Like, how it's dare a possessive you? thing. Yeah, it's very possessive. And also saying it's kind of suggesting like your your non smile is offending me as I gaze at you. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want to look at your tits, but I want you to be happy about it. I know. I had an ex that would always be like, why don't uh, people smile? And I'm like, well, you never smile. And you never got that, like, we're in a symbiotic relationship with the universe. No one's going to smile at you unless you smile first. Like, you got to put forth that energy right. first. You just had no, he's like, why don't people smile at me? Yeah. Like you scowl. That's why. Probably that's why. Uh, well, welcome to Someplace Underneath. I hope that you out there in the world are acclimating back to society. And if you do feel kind of crazy and weird and going like, I don't know how I just stand in my body anymore. We're also feeling like that. Everybody's so doing that. Yeah. I am having a full on identity crisis and it's never happened to me before. I did a show at a bar the other night and I forget that drinking in a bar and drinking at home are two different things. And boy, oh boy, could I not get out of bed the next day? Oof. Woof. <laughs> uh, yeah. Welcome back to that as well. I'm sure I'm going to have one of those soon. You know who won't be having one of those is the Duggars or the Bates because they don't drink. I know. It's always the people that are like, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do drugs, but I do. Like they diddle kids or they cheat or like something or they, worse. they punch people in the face a lot. Yeah. <laughs> no offense if anybody out there is straight edge. I, I have many, I've had many straight edge friends. I've dated several straight edge guys. I know not everybody is like that. Yeah, not see, everybody. The Duggars and the Bates... You know, they're a part of this community that we've been talking about, the IBLP, and that's one of their main tenets is like, don't put stuff in your body. They do. They are coffee drinkers, unlike yeah. some of the other high control. But and I can see that like point of view, especially during COVID, you know, it, it's, it really attacks people with like high blood pressure. And you also, I look at like the food I eat as medicine. Yeah. So I try to put the best things in my body so I don't have to pay for expensive medicine later in life. For sure. Is pizza medicine? Yes. Okay, good. Because for I had spirit. 500 pizzas in the last year. <laughs> um, it does. It does make, my, it makes my heart smile. Yeah. My aunt would like, she would smoke and drink and not, not really eat. And I'm a big proponent, like we should be eating a lot. We should be eating more of good things. And her bones, like she's very frail. She can't travel. Yeah. It's kind of a bad deal. Yeah. I think maybe too, there's a combination of how you feel inside and how you are creatively expressing because if you look at like a David Bowie he didn't need anything his entire life and he had a pretty successful career uh but you know with he mostly just like drank milk and did blow so I wouldn't recommend that diet specifically but it works for some people the David Bowie diet just get dressed up in the craziest outfit you can and do some cocaine and milk yep yep um don't take that advice from me though <laughs> It has to come from inside of you. So I wanted to also, before we start, I wanted to thank you guys so much for all of the emails you've been sending with 
different suggestions about cases that you don't feel are being covered enough of missing women. I'm really so overwhelmed and I, I really appreciate it. I'm so uh, not happy to hear other stories, but I'm looking forward for the chance to discuss them so that they get the coverage they need. And just bear with me. Uh, I don't have an assistant yet or anything. So we're it's taking some time to get through all the emails and all that. Uh, but I really, really appreciate it. Also with this, I know this is a really long series. And this is one that I have always wanted to cover on this show. Like this was a big one for me. I didn't expect it to come so early on in the run because I knew it would be a big long series. But since Josh had his arrest in April, I felt like this would be a good time to talk about it. Yeah. And I didn't know a lot about this dude, even though and like this series is sort of like triggering from my childhood. I know. I'm I'm sorry. And it's no, crazy. It's I didn't even realize how close you were to this. I didn't either. I thought it was like <laughs> normal to think the earth was 6,000 years old and like to be raised that way. And then I get out and now we're talking about it. And I was like, oh, damn. No. <laughs> yeah. There's like there's so many like communities that are just... That is their entire world that they see. And so, of course, you would think that because everyone around you, all the grownups say it. Like, why would you deny it? That's normal. Yeah. But, you know, I'm uh, the reason I wanted to do it now, obviously, from the arrest. And I'm just I, I want to have this discussion because the severity of what he's done and his maybe how it connects to his his childhood and his past. I think we just need to keep that discussion going so people understand, like, the damage um, and I'm the just generational so damage. Uh, absolutely. Um, and and so let's just pick up from where we left off when we were meeting the Duggars and the Bates. We also are going to talk a little bit about what happened with the IBLP since then. So who is in charge of the IBLP since Gothard stepped down? Well, there are three on the board of directors currently. There's first, there's Pastor Dave York. He started training with Gothard way back in 69. Back in the summer of 69. Um, in fact, he boasted that his family was one of the first 102 to join the ATI in 1984. Mm. So he was there from the, the get-go and he doubled down after the first set of scandals. He was around for it. He's been accused by many of being one of the uh, look the other way fellows, you know, one of the look the other ways that all predators really need to have around them. Bit of a Jim Jordan if you will. In his little blurb, it's mentioned that how for... So he basically, like, they have, like, brief descriptions on the, the website. And in the first paragraph, or the second paragraph, it's mentioned that four of his eight kids were reversal babies. Huh? And I had to look it up because I didn't know what that meant. They put an old man in the woman's pussy. Yeah. They just <laughs> shove him in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had, baby? It's an old to young. Is that yeah. what happens at the end of that movie where he goes backwards in time? I have never once seen that movie. I just you know. Shove him in a woman. <laughs> I just know that's <laughs> that a man goes from old to a baby. Yeah. Um, which is what I thought maybe that meant. Uh, it and actually means it, it means he had a reverse vasectomy. Uh, presumably when he joined the IBLP because they promote having babies. So one of the very first things this man wants you to know is about his two penis surgeries. Ooh, in 69, I feel like that was not clean or hygienic. Or they were just like, we don't know what we're doing. Yeah, they kind of just stuck a rod in there, but it worked. Yeah. He got his penis snip snipped. Damn, 69. We always think of the 70s and late 60s as like free love, but it wasn't all like that. No, the free love movement came from the the like 
grip of the other side. Yeah. It was a swing from the other side of the spectrum. So his summer of 69 was a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, then we got Tim Levandusky. So Tim started out going to college at Slippery Rock University in PA, over close to where I grew up. But he apparently found God in his dorm room. Really? I found cum rags in mine. Maybe that's God to him. All right. Maybe maybe he finally figured out to jerk off and he's like, oh, this is what God is. Um, (laughs) So he attended his first basic seminar in 1985. So he got from point A to point B. Somehow he found God in a dorm room. Very few people do that, especially definitely not women, because if they're losing their virginity in college, they're not seeing God when they have sex. That's for sure. Uh, Currently, he is acting as the IBLP president. He doesn't get fingers pointed at him as much as Davey York does uh, by people accusing David York of turning the other way. He's usually the, the name that they point to, but that may just be because York's been around longer and Tim Lewandowski's younger, but... Fresh blood. Yeah. I mean, fresh blood, like, in relation. He's still, I think, like, in his 50s, maybe. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Which is pretty young sure, in the time scale. absolutely. Of things. Absolutely. Yeah. So, from what I, I've read of him, he seems to be more of a doormat than anything else. Um, from the Recovering Grace, they say, after Gothard was deemed disqualified from ministry by his board of directors in 2014, a number of theologians and church leaders called on the IBLP to evaluate the teachings that are at least partly responsible for the recurring moral failures of Bill Gothard and the other IBLP directors, which is, um, you know, that's really interesting that other religious figures are saying, hey, look at your doctrine. There seems to be some stuff that you guys are doing that he has put into these that is really damaging. Yeah, recurring moral failures. And people within the church saying that, that means you know it's bad. Well, yeah, mostly this was outside of the church at this point. sorry about that. No, no, no. It's mostly other religion people are saying, hey, guys, you want to like just do a quick run through and see, maybe make some notes. Um, This call was posted on a public website named iblpopenletter.com. IBLP leadership was made aware of this letter through direct contact. The open letter states, as fellow servants of the Lord Jesus Christ, we, the undersigned, challenge the acting president of IBLP and the board of directors and other ministry leaders to biblically evaluate the core teachings and claims of the IBLP material in partnership with the doctrinally sound and apologetically qualified seminary. Ooh, so many words. Yeah, so... Basically, what they're saying in that is, hey, Mr. Tim Levandusky, now that you've taken over and Bill's gone, can you just check yourself before you wreck yourself? Yeah, because they're also Christians, too. So I imagine, like, you know, you would be like, what are you doing to our God, like to our name? Right. You're tarnishing us. And they're they're saying it with a level of respect and of, um, you know, to a colleague, to a colleague, you know, from colleague to colleague, because they're also in ministry and they're saying Yo, you know, you're inheriting this. Maybe you guys should just take a look. You've really hurt a lot of women, um, probably men as well. And uh, just take a look, maybe change some stuff. So since they posted it, Lewandowski didn't respond. He never said anything. He's remained Mm -hmm. silent. They haven't clarified their stance on these points. And they continue to allow Bill Gothard to speak for them, which is what happened when they did this. So when the folks at Recovering Grace and the others made this open letter asking the org to address the problematic teachings, literally bullet point style in the open letter, you can see it still um, online. Uh, Instead of 
the board of directors and the president, acting president responding, they let Gothard answer these questions, these questions that were not addressed to him, even though he was allegedly ousted. So essentially telling the abuser he could just keep talking to these people who were damaged. He's like, no, no, I'll speak for everybody now. And they're like, but we don't want to hear from you. Right. We weren't asking you, sir. Um, (laughs) So Tim just stood back and allowed that to happen. And I have a feeling that he does this a lot for Bill. Mm. Maybe the whole reason he's named as president at all in the first place is that he will just like, you know, bow down to Bill and let Bill actually pull all the strings from behind. Yeah, from behind. That usually is what happens. You get like a real doormat in there. Yeah. And he's just a talky piece. Yeah, for sure. And the fact that Bill did that, it just really projects how arrogant and how little he respects the people that he hurt, that he answered a letter that was not addressed to him and further, you know, it points to a lack of remorse and apparent God complex that he holds, that he thinks that he's allowed to just respond to that. And not to be completely petty, but Tim looks like a fucking dweeb. <laughs> yeah, let's make fun of their looks. Hell yeah, 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 take them down. Yeah, I'm lying. That was completely petty. I, that was petty. <laughs> but um, then the third guy is we have Gil Bates. This name may be familiar to some of you. Don't worry. I'm going to accidentally say Bill Gates instead of Gil Bates a hundred times because yeah. it's the same name. Gil Bates. Yeah, yeah, it just doesn't sound, again, these words that don't sound right coming out of my mouth. Yeah. I just feel like I'm like strapped to a chair and like, this is language now. Yeah. Like, that's like, not how okay. I speak. No, it is. Okay. I believe it. Can I get off the chair? <laughs> um, so his family, Gil Bates and his family first appeared on 17 Kids and Counting season one on October 13th, 2008. That's a lot of kids. Do you ever think there's just like one kid just runs off in a field and you're like, where's Timmy? And you're like, I don't know, get the van together. Well, we'll talk about left. we'll talk about why that didn't happen. Okay. Uh, it's not great. So Gil Bates, yeah, they first appeared on that first season of The Duggar Show, and then a number of episodes thereafter. So they've been around since almost the beginning of The Duggars franchise, even though they didn't get their own show until 2012 on TLC called United Bates of America. (laughs) They did a little funny pun there. That's funny. They appeared on 17 Kids and Counting as sort of a BFF mirror image fundamentalist family to The Duggars, which they are a mirror image in certain ways. It's partially true. Uh, Jim, Bob, and Gil actually met at one of the IBLP's men's conferences. Um, This is all before Gil became a board member. When you said that word, IBLP men's conference, my vagina clamped open. It like clamped shut and my legs shut. And I was just like, ah. You stopped ovulating. Yeah, this like fear struck through the back of my neck. Yeah, don't worry. I have... uh, two of the main men's manuals they used in these conferences. Oh, I, I love it. I got them on eBay, where Gil and Jim Bob at these conferences and others would learn such gems as, what happens when a mother works outside the home? Double income? No, that's not what happens, Amber. <laughs> There's signs of a sensual woman and how to avoid them. Oh, I mean, you would think you'd go to a sensual woman. She could have an orgasm. You're both having a good time. No, you're not allowed to have a good time. That's what? bad. Uh, What counsel should I give my sons and daughters if they are ever required to study humanistic philosophies or false religion? Oh, shouldn't you want to study all these different religions so then you can go back to your own and say, I prove that I like this one the most? (laughs) Oh, Amber. Uh, (laughs) 
Oh. I mean, you really should. Like, if you're, you know, Muslim, study Catholicism. If you're Catholic, study Hinduism. You <laughs> that know? sounds like the devil's talking. <laughs> no, the answer to that in those books is don't let them see. Never let them see. Don't let them leave and see anything else from the house. You stay in the house. The learning outside of the house is Satan. Oh, it's all fear-based. Yes. They tell you, do not let them learn anything else in the men's manual. There also is... There is value in every person's experiencing hunger, especially one who tends to be slothful. A beginning point in conquering slothfulness would be a three-day fast for the purpose of studying God's principles and examples of diligence. Oh, so they literally mean hungry. Yes. So I know that fasting is kind of common in like hardcore religions, but um, yeah, I, I hate it. I think that it's really bad. It's my opinion. As somebody who starved themselves um, in the past, it's really adjacent to an eating disorder and the Duggars there's several women in the Duggar family who have come forth saying they had an eating disorder mm. and this is leaning into it so yeah. the more godliness you are uh, the less you have to eat basically I mean I could see if it was like I'm fasting because I want to see what my God felt like when they were in trouble and like it kind of gets you closer to God but if you're doing it for like a punishment or something it just doesn't seem spiritual They yeah and they really push it um repeatedly it, like fasting is a thing they turn back to over and over again and they get their kids to do it no. and um you know in this in that little excerpt I just read they they're saying if you feel tired stop eating for three days no that's the opposite you should eat again eat more food you should be eating lots and lots of food yeah I gain I I get way more stressed out when I don't eat enough and I just because your yeah. brain and your body are connected and I'm like I don't eat enough I'm like why do I feel crazy why do I feel yeah manic? unless you're addicted to the high which is what happened to me for a while when I was younger I I got so obsessed with not eating that that's what gets you like you feel like you're on an adrenaline rush from it. And but I still felt like I was going to faint every afternoon when I was on the J train. But anyway, yeah, that's uh, not healthy. No. Keep some nuts on you. I guess I didn't do um, God starvation. So Ugh. it's different. Anyway. Anyway, the Bates became seen as the more palatable of the two families. And on the surface, that's kind of true. Their household seems more lively. The girls in the family are allowed to have more personality and be kind of playful. That's nice. Some of the girls even were permitted to go to college or have jobs under, of course, very tight sets of restrictions. Yeah, they're not working at Hooters. No. And they're, you know, they're allowed to do lady jobs. They're allowed to be a nurse. Receptionist. Music, I don't know, receptionist may be at like a religious organization. Oh, because she usually sleeps with a boss. Right, you know? Yeah. I mean, they, they, they'll go to Gothard's church, so yeah. that's a dangerous job to have. Um, a couple of them actually were allowed to go to cosmetology school, which I was really happy about. That's cute. I like that. Yeah. I love a cosmetology school. Oh, doing yeah. some perms and some blue eyeshadow. And you have a skill set to, if something horrible happens with your husband, you can leave. Leave and you can support yourself and all the kids that you've been forced yeah, to have. and make the world a better place. Sure, make people pretty. Make people pretty um, yeah. So that's, I, I really, that's nice to see. Their kids, though still forced to court instead of date, uh, have been portrayed hugging their fiancés, sitting on laps, hands around waist, like normal things that n would never, ever fly in Jim Bob's house. Mm -hmm. In Jim Bob's house, they're not even allowed to hold hands until they get engaged Oh usually. What if your husband has a sweaty palm? 
I mean, God, you don't know what that man's penis is going to look like. You Mm -hmm. don't know what that mouth tastes like. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. So it seems on the surface it's okay. But if you peel back the Bates onion, you will see that, oh, yes, Gil helps run the IBLP and still holds destructive, cringy beliefs. So... When we last left off, the Duggars had a run of super successful specials, which we as the viewer would watch them go from a really unlivable house for that many people. It had two bathrooms for 16 people, if you remember, on 14 children and pregnant again, to a massive property that they were building and that the network agreed to help finish and furnish since they refused to hire a contractor and construction team, which is something Gothard would suggest. Build it yourself. Um, yeah, build it yourself. Can you imagine being in a house these kids built? Like, I feel like everything would crumble. <laughs> well, fortunately, and they moved into that on the third special called 16 Children and Moving In. Um, fortunately, TLC stepped in because they were not building a safe house. And so, yeah, the, the TLC people, Discovery, I think it's called like the Discovery Networks Network or whatever. It's like... TLC, Discovery Health, like a bunch of those channels, you know? So it was that corporation who came in and they gave them furniture and everything too. Wow. So, and when I say, by the way, the conditions were bad at their old house, I'm not just going off of the clips that we see in the show. Um, A gentleman named Justin and his wife, who wished to remain somewhat anonymous, put out a limited run podcast slash YouTube channel called I Pray You Put This Journal Away. This guy grew up adjacent to the Duggars and considered Josh Duggar a good friend as a kid. I highly recommend you listen to the five-part series. It's really, really interesting and really beautifully done. Um, He has a really great story to tell. Uh, But on these recordings, he described meeting the Duggars for the first time and and being in their house. So we went there, we visited, and this was like two houses before they moved into the big green-like compoundy kind of thing that they live in today which i worked on by the way i helped Mm. helped build that thing i actually probably didn't help at all i probably broke things while trying to help but you know i was on site at least uh so there's a first baptist of i think springdale uh arkansas was there the big first baptist church that was like just huge millions of dollars for the building all that they had like this little crappy house next to like cow fields in the road and it was a tiny old house. Like like what kind of square footage if you were going to estimate? Oh gosh, I don't know. It was like the da- it well, I'm not going to say the square footage of our house, but like half of ours. Okay. You know, probably single single floor. That's like what my family was in. Yeah. No, people. it was like very Yeah. D- like I'm not joking. You look at a room and like you're you're trying to find where to stand when you go in there on a Sunday. Like everybody was jammed in there. All the slick stuff that you see with the Duggars today, like the stuff that comes from money and like, oh, it's really smooth and color coordinated and all that. No, it was like it was like Nam over there at that house. It was messy. It it smelled bad. I mean, it just the air was stale and smelled of like toddler hands it's just gross that gummy little hand that mm. was their whole house had that vibe and uh so it was a little little gross and kind of overwhelming on the senses there was something that was appealing about it and that was the duggers were just it was a circus like i used to call it like the tornado 
was like Jedediah, Jeremiah, like the little guys, Jason. Mm-hmm. You know, the, they were they were all really little at the time. They were toddlers. I think it was like a bunch of little boys and Joanna. And it was just like, you know, the Tasmanian devil? It's just like a little dust devil going around and like demolishing everything in its path. That was like the little Duggar boys. And it was so cute. And immediately I just knew that these boys wanted attention from somebody so bad. Like anybody who's like an older boy or dad or whatever, like they were just like, give me attention. (laughs) I mean, my parents started off poor and had a bunch of kids, but there's a difference between like, they weren't dirty. Right. Like they were poor, like being poor and being dirty are two different things. Right, and I I wanna reiterate, I. I'm not trying to money shame in any way. I grew up in a house with one bathroom. Yeah. It's more so that they are, they're sacrificing their children's quality of life to adhere to this church's demands yeah. and to their own weird belief system yeah. that that they're contending with this idea in this church and it's at the expense of their children. Yeah, it's not good for kids to grow up in a messy, dirty house. It's bad for their body, it's bad for their brain. Well, not only that, a lot of those kids, they make fun fun little jokes about it, but they, they say how a lot of times in the mornings it would be like an hour wait to go to the bathroom. No, no, you can't have that. No, no. it's, it, I mean, that's what I, and that's why I bring that up, not because, oh, they were too poor to have their kids. It's like, no, I don't, I don't think that at all, but I think that it's a reckless amount of children to have in a, because the amount of money and resources that would take a person to do, it's just, a little selfish to me. It's a little selfish, yeah. So when they were offered a regular TV show, they could hardly turn down the income influx. Because of the conditions they were in, they were living so far beyond their capacity to give their kids a comfortable life. So in fact, as far back as the very first special, Michelle Duggar proudly proclaimed that the only way they can make it work at all is if they implemented a buddy system. I'm going to let Michelle explain this. But before playtime, there was much to be done, far more than any two parents could accomplish. This is one of the Duggars' keys to success. Delegate, delegate, delegate. Central to that is the family's version of the buddy system. The buddy system really means that mom cannot be everywhere at all times, and so my older children help to take care of the younger children. Every Duggar has at least one buddy. If you're too old to need help from a buddy, that means you're ready to take on a younger buddy. A big buddy helps you get dressed, brush your teeth, comb your hair, get your breakfast, do your schoolwork, learn to play violin and piano, and so. They're there to pick you up when you fall and keep track of you when you're out and about. Without the buddy system, this house might cease to a halt. No one is exempt from the buddy brigade. Jim Bob's buddy is Michelle, and Michelle reserves the privilege of being each of the children's first buddies. When the baby is born, it's my buddy until it's weaned. And then from there, it goes to the other buddy, whoever's turn it is to get a buddy. That means in just a matter of months, Michelle will soon have a new buddy, baby number 15. I mean, it's good to like have socializing and friendships, but it looks like these kids don't have a childhood. They're just taking care of other kids. They don't. So, and also when she mentioned the older kids helped, all of the older kids, that's true. All the older kids do help, but really the big buddies were the older girls. 
because that's not men's work. So they had been raising, they've been raising their parents' children from the time they each turn about 10 or so. So it makes sense when they turn 16 to have kids of their own? Yeah, and get married young to literally probably get out of the Just house. Just get the hell out of there. <laughs> um, these girls had no childhood. Uh, and you can really see it on their faces and the way they speak, uh, you know, personalities aside. The Duggar girls have the look of somebody who they're beautiful. I don't mean that they look bad. They look like they've been to war. Like they yeah. they were rate. Michelle Duggar has a kid. And then when she stops breastfeeding, she just stops paying attention to that baby. That's wild. And even in this little clip, like those girls, some of them look like six years old and they were just like taking jackets off of babies mm -hmm. and feeding other babies. Like you should be a six year old child. Yeah. There's one level. I helped raise my little brother. He's 10 years younger than me. And I loved it. I loved changing his diapers and all that. I, I didn't feel burdened by it, but it's because I didn't do that all the time. It wasn't what I did for my life. And that was with two parents who worked full time. So it's just the fact that they think that having this amount of kids is, is they can make it work, but it's because they're like enslaving their children. Yeah. So anyway, that now that they have this cable money flowing in, that's helping a lot. Um, Thank goodness. Give them some money. Sure. And uh, in, uh, 17 Kids and Counting premiered September 29th, 2008, and the initial premise of the show seemed to be, let's put this sheltered family in a different location that they're uncomfortable with and gawk at them. Yeah. I mean, I bet the kids see the cameras and they're like, what is this? I mean, it's very short. Some of them were born into it. Like, their entire lives have been documented. That's some Truman Show shit. Yeah, for sure. And uh, when the f show first started, they did more of this thing where they would, like, put them like the first episode was in New York City. So the, it was sort of the show was like, let's make them be in this really weird place that their kids are uncomfortable in because they are been told everything's scary. Um, and then everybody, we can all laugh at it. In New York? I moved to New York when I was 22 and I was like freaked out. I can't imagine as a child. Especially that sheltered. Yeah. No way. What is up with these TV networks? I feel like that these like reality shows are really just like, um, like, like the Stanford prison experiment. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I agree. Very, very science lab experiment in a lot of ways. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Yeah. We've seen all the video call fails by now. The mute button mishaps, the cat cameos, people not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off. But none of this makes Fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch, mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy-bitsy baby duck. How do I turn this thing off? It's too late, Fred. It's too late. When you realize it's better to do business in person, it matters where you stay. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn, Fred. The meeting room is right down the hall. Hilton, for the stay. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. So it's early on on this run that we learn some of their uh, tools of purity that the parents use, including implementing the term Nike. 
So Nike is something that one of the parents will say to their children if they're out somewhere and there's a woman showing too much skin, even in like a poster or something, then the children, when they hear the term Nike, they have to divert their eyes to the ground. Um, not nudity, but a woman wearing a miniskirt. Shoulders being exposed. Cleavage, whatever. There was a video of, um, you know, the Noah's Ark. There's like, I think it's in Kansas. I forget where it is. but my, Oh, the, the Ark experience? Yeah, my mother went and visited it. Um, and there was a woman there who... She got upset. She's like, I love um, everything about this place, but I, I think some of the figurines of the women, they had a strapless shirt on. And she's like, the, the dolls are showing too much skin. They got oh upset that a doll Lord. was showing too much skin. Weren't they just wearing period correct yeah, clothes? Yeah, just period correct clothes. They just got upset. I don't get it. But apparently, oh, yeah, my yeah, mom yeah. says that um, they got all the animals on the ark because they used babies. She's like, I never thought about that. I always wondered how they got all those animals on the ark because they used the babies. That's cute. <laughs> yes, yeah, the baby hippos. <laughs> I'm not laughing at your mother. I, that's no. an adorable. That's an adorable reaction. Yeah, I bet it stank. Tiny little babies. <laughs> that's how they got them. Um, so, yeah, this is maybe a, a questionable method to use. Uh, I don't, you know, what sort of damage could that possibly cause to children um, to just be afraid and f- fear women's bodies? be angry at women's bodies, feel shame if they yeah. show any part of their body. I was, uh, I remember I was doing band or something and it was like 90 degrees because in marching band you have to rehearse for the games that happen What in the did fall. you play? The clarinet. Oh, I played the clarinet in elementary school. Oh, yeah. So I was in high school and I was like, and I went to like not a religious school. It was like a public school, but it was mostly like religious kids like myself kind of thrown in there. Yeah. But I remember I was at band rehearsal and it was like 90 degree heat and I wore some shorts and I remember just like apologizing profusely to everybody and being like, I'm so sorry, I can't, my legs are showing. And they were like, it's hot. Like what, you can't wear, you're out in a field all day. So at least the school was The school was fine, my friends were fine, but I remember just like feeling so ashamed just for wearing shorts. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it's... It's fucked, man. The Duggars would have told Nike to their kids if they saw you. Yeah. So I played the clarinet in elementary school too because um, every in that year everybody had to learn an instrument. I think they gave them out or something. And I really wanted to play the flute because all the pretty girls played the flute. Yeah. In my school, and when I went up and said it, they looked at me and they were like, "You're more of a clarinet girl," and they gave me clarinet stuff. Oh no way. I well, was, though. I was a clarinet girl. Pretty girls play the clarinet, too. Thanks, Amber. I know. Now I know that you played it. Yeah. Oh, which, by the way, I got a harp. You got a harp? Yeah. Just, fan. like, recently? Yeah, fan gave me a harp, and I've been learning how to play it. Oh, shit. Yeah. Hot girl harp summer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to because at night... Harp girl summer. Harp girl summer. I don't want to watch these reality shows at night, and I don't want to drink, so I'm like, I'll just light some candles and sit outside and play the harp. Damn, that's some witch energy, too. Your neighbors <laughs> are going to be like... What spell is she doing? You got to do it. You got to do it in like a long flowing black dress. Yes. Just scare the shit out of people. (laughs) I love it. That's great. Um, So (laughs) based on those, you can also probably guess that they were not permitted to go to the beach under most circumstances because not only, yeah, you not only are you not supposed to show skin, you're not allowed to look at any skin. So, I mean, they were denied just even being able to like experience the beach and stuff. Which Imagine sucks. going to a European beach where they're just topless all the time. I mean, I think that like they would just kill, they'd just be like, we all have to die now. We blow up now. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, but 
However, through this time, as the family starts being around film crews and they've got all this new money coming in, these new sponsorships, the Duggar kids start looking a little less awkward. Um, the, originally, the kids all dressed matching in the same prairie dresses and polo shirts. It's sort of, they look like they were in ill-fitting school uniforms 24-7. Oh, that could be cute, like the Von Trapp kids. Yeah, it is it, it is cute sometimes when you see the pictures, but then you realize like they don't ever have any time to express themselves. Like they are in those outfits all the time. Oh, yeah. Um, because also because it was cheap. Like I'm sure they got something from well, a store. Yeah, and, bulk material. Yeah, whatever. And so... You know, they didn't really get to express anything. And then, but as the the show went on, you got to see them kind of grow the kids that they became a little bit more what they call, the daughter, Jessa Duggar, called it modest modern. So the various tiniest fractions of personalities start appearing in the Duggar girls as the season progresses. Ooh, scary. Yeah, I mean. You get a little bit the devil in. It's going, it's going floodgates. Couple bright colors in there. I don't know about all that. I know. Um, so as I mentioned, the Bates arrive on the scene later that year in season one, episode five, when the Bates visit the Duggars at their new big fancy house. I have no idea if the network pitched this, if the Duggars suggested it, or Gil just kind of squished his way in there because he saw an opportunity. But when they arrive, the Duggars are living in relative extravagance compared to the Bates. And the Bait kids are all dressed in the, the kind of matchy-matchy that we first met the Duggars in. So they're kind of like, a photocopy, but from a couple years ago of the Duggars. Um, though the ba- I gotta say, the Bates girls are all wearing these homemade prairie dresses that the one uh, daughter, Michaela, makes. And, and it's like different colors. And I'm not gonna lie, I kind of feel the vibe of these dresses. I mean, prairie dresses can be super cute. Yeah, they have these, like, they were allowed brighter colors. Yeah. So, like, it, it they're cute. Like, they look kind of like 60s prairie girl. I, I'm going to post photos on socials because I'm like, I'm kind of into it. My great grandmother um, would wear uh, the prairie dresses and the bonnets. And wow. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I looked at a picture of her. I don't know if I said it on the show earlier, but I was like, who's this? And my mom was like, oh, that's your great grandmother. I think she gave birth to my granddad and um, on the kitchen table. And then, um, Another son of hers was running outside of the house, oh, yeah. and then she got out off the table and grabbed him, pulled him back in. I mean, it's just and then made spaghetti on the table or whatever she did. Did she make it out of the blood? <laughs> That'd be or just like sweet. cornbread or whatever they did. You know, to be honest, I bet the food was pretty good. Uh, she sounds like a badass. <laughs> I just would like if you wanted to live like that, that you had an option to not if you didn't. Want Absolutely. To. But she sounds pretty sweet. So she looked happy. Yeah, I mean, I hope she was. Maybe she was. Some people are, I'm sure. So after this initial visit where the Duggars are showing off their new place, you can almost see the dollar signs in Gil's eyes. Uh, During the first season, we get to experience the desperately awkward and now tragic proposal of Josh Duggar to Anna Keller, a girl from another fundamentalist family who was clearly betrothed to Josh by their fathers, even though they like claim she was in love with Josh for years beforehand. She's so naive and so sheltered. My heart hurts for her. If you go back, you can still find clips of it. The main episodes have been pulled from everywhere. But yeah, Anna, a name like Anna, she definitely has braids. At that time, it was crunchy perms, crunchy, crunchy perms on all those girls. Just get that VO5 hairspray in there. Something Um, just so removed from society. Uh, They're also her family's also IBLP and we'll get more into them on next week's final episode of the IBLP. 
Uh, also, like you just mentioned, the Ark experience, the same people who own that, they take a trip to the Creation Museum yeah. uh, on the show where you learn the Earth is only 6,000 years old. Mm-hmm. And there is a sweet exhibit in there where Adam and Eve are hanging out with dinos. Yeah, that's how I was taught. Um, and I remember like there was a, another museum at the county fair I went to and they were closing down for the day, but they gave me a CD instead. And it was, um, they did have Adam and Eve riding dinosaurs. Cool. And then I got the CD and then I put it in and it was really just anti-gay stuff the whole time. And I was like, I don't know what this has to do with Adam and Eve, but I think <laughs> I've had it on at my brother's house who is gay and he ended up keeping it. And I think I it love was it for like some kind of posterity thing. I, I know. know. I mean, it's kind of, if I was gay, I would also want to keep that yeah um so yeah was it trying to make it f- like fun like fun about being anti-gay where they're like it giving- started off slightly like, you know how a lot of cults are just like they start off with like hey we should all eat better and we should take care yeah. of each other and you're like yeah 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 and then they you just skip through a few chapters and they're like you got to wear nikes and wear the purple and drink the kool-aid you know what i mean yes it like cuts really I quick see. i it's see like one of those okay got it um yeah, so they go they go to that place. They go on the show, which is very fun if you can find the clips. A lot of them are on like daily motion and stuff. In season two, we go right into an ATI conference and it acts like an ad for the group. The Duggars discuss how they're debt free because of the program they attended through the IBLP. Like they go on and on. This is how we managed to do it. And it was just so amazing. And they talk to the guy who gives the seminar. And it's definitely, it reads like a commercial, which, by the way, them being debt free because of this is bullshit. They're debt free because they put their kids in a really um, uncomfortable condition. Yeah. It reminds me of when I was first making horror movies. And the production team and I would brag about how we made full-length features for two grand. It's like, why are people it's so? It's so easy to make a movie for two grand, and then you look back and you go, "Oh, it's because we didn't we didn't pay anybody." Yeah. So we did make a movie for two grand using exploitation labor. I mean, we they knew they weren't going to get paid, but it's like that's not really making a movie for two grand you're just exploiting people right yeah you're just shoving kids in one room yeah so you're debt free because your kids have to wait for a bathroom for an hour in the morning my mom had to sleep in a room with her three sisters yeah yeah and that was like normal yeah i mean this is the duggars for most of their lives even in the big house all of the girls sleep in one room all the boys sleep in another yep And I mean, there's a 32-year-old daughter who's, because you're not allowed to leave the house until you're married in the Duggar household, she still lives at home, but she, she up, she's allowed to have her own private room now at 32. She got to masturbate. I don't think she does. Oh my God. Um, (laughs) so this isn't the only time or place on this episode that Jim Bob has been doing the Lord's work for Bill on the show. Here's an interview he did. Well, God has given you guys an incredible platform with 19 Kids and Counting. Do your children enjoy doing TV? Like, and they were here last night. You guys sang. It was beautiful. When I was little, my parents made us stand up on stage and sing. I'll be honest, I did not enjoy it. <laughs> Some of my siblings did, but I didn't. Do your yeah. kids all enjoy being in the spotlight, or well, do they just kind of used to it? You know, there's probably some of them that enjoy it more than others, but I think all of us are on board that this is a ministry. Mm-hmm. And as we get emails in um, from others that have said, hey, I was considering having an abortion, and then I turned on your show, and I thought, you know, if this lady can do it with 19 kids, I can do it with one, and decide not to have the abortion. As we get, we've had 
hundreds of letters of people who have accepted the Lord as their Savior, people who their families have started going to church. I mean, and so that really makes it all worth it. It reminds me of, um, I think my stepdad, my father-in-law is going to be a deacon in church and all the men, the other male deacons had to stand up and say a speech. And every, it was like a three hour long service because they each were like, this is my time to shine. Oh, wow. It was weird. My ex was there at the time and he said, I felt like I shouldn't be there and I was watching something I shouldn't be watching. Yeah, they do. There is something about that sort of community. Not I can really talk i host a podcast where i talk all the time but but these dudes all are all preachers they all minister so they all want to do that all the time please don't ever take advice from me i'll just say that right now (laughs) so we're not hashing out advice or anything um and, and then in season three there's an app where they go to dollywood and they get to meet the angel dolly herself and it's pretty hilarious because even though she's very modestly dressed by societal standards. You can tell the parents are so uncomfortable and the kids don't know what to do because she has the tiniest bit of cleavage showing and she just has massive breasts. I hear Dolly Parton is like full of tattoos. That's a rumor because she doesn't show her arms ever, yeah. but I i don't know if it's ever been confirmed, but it might be, she might. That's a fun rumor. I know, I love it. Um, if your religion seriously is telling you Dolly Parton is evil because of her gem, like her rhinestone outfits and her boobies, Get a different religion for fuck's sake, because that no. woman is a, what I would call a saint. An angel. Yeah. She's the best. And your religion's dumb. Um, <laughs> so in season three, we also get our first glance of the Bates house. Much like the Duggars when we met them, they are living in a space not meant for the 18 people living there. Um, the kids are seen living in some kind of attic space with like raw wood kind of, what are those wo- thin wooden um planks called oh like like ply boards yeah there's plywood? like plywood walls behind oh, them oh that's not good insulation um and yeah they're all living in with like beds all crammed together i think they might have a separate space for boys and girls but still it was just you know look like the seven dwarves kind of house oh, that's like hooverville that's where they're living yeah so i'm not again this is not about money shame it's it's really they're, they treat this in this group. They tell you to treat your children like property, like they're pets, like possessions of yours. And I don't even like treating animals. Like that. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it's it. You can have different opinions about it. I understand. I'm not a parent. So this is me criticizing from the outside. But I think it sucks. Um, but don't worry. The Duggars show up to give the Bates the old TLC treatment that they got, thankfully. So the Duggars and the network basically come and build an entire new wing on their house. And it's that's the version of the house that you see on their show when they get their show. You wouldn't know that if you only watched the Bates show that the house that they had their kids in was in much different shape before the TV money showed up. But, you know, whatever. Um, it's really cute after they do the, the new wing. They've got a, this really beautiful wraparound porch on it and everything. Nice. So... I'm sure it helps the kids' lives, quality of life be better. Um, The seasons go on and on from there. By 2012, the Duggars have shot 130 episodes. Some of them are barely acknowledging their really fringy beliefs, and some are more intense um, with them. 
We also see the branching out of some of the older kids, including Josh Duggar. A terrible game to play is going through the episodes and noting what fucked up thing Josh was doing at this time period when the show was airing. His actions really span the entire course of the show. He just kept doing it and just kept getting swept under the rug. And different things, too. It's like not even one bad thing. It's multiple different bad things over the years. So this year of 2012, the year of 2012, I should say, is when Gil and Kelly Joe finally land that dream getting their own spinoff. United Bates of America premiered August 13th, 2012 and featured the family welcoming baby number 19 into the home. Like I mentioned, the Bates were portrayed as a more down-to-earth version of the Duggars. Gil seems more jovial and more involved with the kids. He's definitely way more likable than Jim Bob. That's good. Yeah, the girls included seemed more bubbly and natural. Um, and in both families, it's undeniable that the girls are absolutely gorgeous. Like, they're both very photogenic families so i'm sure that helped them get it's really sweet okay good yeah. good um at this point we don't really see the families interacting very much with each other there's plenty of rumors flying around but we don't really know if gil and jb had a falling out jim bob had a falling out or if they were just never really good friends in the first place and the show kind of just made that happen oh like a matt ben ben affleck matt damon friendship yeah yeah exactly like they didn't really know each other <laughs> yeah and they're like yeah we're best friends sure. all right whatever um <laughs> but like because of the kind of narcissism that kind of can flow through certain kinds of people like Jim Bob. There's a lot of speculation that Jim Bob was possessive and like kind of angry that Gil was trying to angle for a show, whatever. We don't know. But there was never any courtships between the two families, which surprised people. But thank God, because if one of those sweet girls got stuck with Josh, honestly, I don't know if he would have been able to get away with it as much with them because Gil's daughters are at least allowed a tiny bit of autonomy. This is also sad for the girls because they just want to be loved. You know, they're a little girl and they're taught like you work hard and you get a man that will take care of you and then you'll have beautiful children. And then, boom, you get married to a criminal. Yeah, I mean, the the saga of Anna is sucks. It's really sad. And we'll definitely talk about her storyline, too, next episode. But it really is a crapshoot when you don't know these people very well. It's You could end up with a pretty nice guy. Yeah, like my um, great-grandmother. She, looked, she was married her whole life, had a bunch of kids. She looked happy in all of her photos. Yeah. And some of those kids, like in the Duggar family, their husbands seem really supportive and, and don't, you know, step over them and stuff. Yeah, but, they respect their wives. But, you, you know, it's just you don't know. You don't know. Um, because they're taking everything on surface level and it's really more about, like, how godly they are. But that doesn't mean anything. You can still be a piece of shit and be godly in their eyes, at least on the outside. Yeah, like I had a uh, somebody, this woman I knew from church, she was like, it don't really matter about your actions because God will forgive you. And I was like, right. no, it matters. Your actions yeah. matter. You know, if you like are rude to the wait staff, that sucks. Yeah. You know? Like, but they don't truly mean, choose a mean person. But that, yeah. And that's, that's the sort of thing that gets pushed in that kind of community where, where we see with, when we see with Josh, you're almost lifted up and held at a higher standard if you've done something bad because you've walked through a journey. It's really demented. So. <laughs> Some of the siblings have remained friends through the years, though, between the two families. Look, I know a barrage of information about these families. It's pretty sad. Um, we're not here for that. I'll have to give a Duggar Bates hot takes on some other podcast mm. because I could just talk about this the kids all day. You it's, could do like a little side or something. It's, it's sad. It's sad how much I know about these families. So 
I guess United Bates of America didn't create the tornado of uh, media that the Duggars brought. So unclear why, other than pretty much they were kind of just the same as the Duggars. Um, so their TLC show was canceled after one season. Mm. Jim Bob must have been so happy about it, just like reveling, like, yeah, we're in season 10, bitch. Gil, you motherfucker. But have no fear. Up TV swoops in and saves the Bates from financial ruin. And their new show, Bringing Up Bates, premieres on January 1st, 2015. It's still running today. Hmm. Interestingly, their connection to the IBLP doesn't come up a lot. They were filming the show as Gothard was facing the proverbial music, thanks to Recovering Grace. So at the time, Gil's family was still balls deep in the IBLP. But the TV show just wasn't showing that. Yeah. Because Gothard was like going through all this like scandal. And yeah. And the TV show was like, oh, we can't show the church. We'll just show their funny outfits. Yeah. And I don't know if that was the network or Gil kind of trying to shy away from being attached to it. But as they were filming, this is whenever Recovering Grace was like exposing all of these things. And at this point, I believe I've never been able to pinpoint an exact date, but maybe it's out there. I believe Gil's already on the board at this point. Um, so he's like top of the pile at the IBLP and the stuff is going down and they're filming the show. So I'm bringing up Bates. Even if maybe they had talked about it more, maybe they cut it out before they aired it or something because it was happening like in tandem. Mm, that's weird because usually a reality show would be like, let's talk about this. Not on these shows. These yeah. shows are propaganda in a sense of even if they're not trying to promote the church, the point of the show is to show these perfectly wholesome families where nothing bad ever happens, which is one of the reasons they covered up Josh's crimes to keep the show going. Mm. So, yeah, like Gil's daughter in 2013, there's pictures of her wedding where they present a cake to Bill Gothard at her wedding just oh, to like wow. honor him at He's her wedding. He's just in there like a snake. He's just like, hi, oh, thank you. He gets his own cake. Yeah, he got his own cake. Uh, there's pictures of it. So, Gil was very active also during this time. So Gil gets this like really, you know, he has this kind of fun, like jovial personality. He's definitely way more likable than Jim Bob. And you're like, oh, this guy doesn't seem bad. His daughters seem like playful and happy. But Gil, like I said, is still really active in this community. And you can purchase on the IBLP website these things that they call messages um, they're basically sermons by like the big wigs of fundamentalist world. Uh, they're just like you can buy them, you can download them or buy CDs to and pay stuff for the sermon. That sounds bad. Sermons should be free. Well, not these ones because they're so good. Oh, okay. Um, I'm sure the church keeps all the money and they don't get any of it. But very cool. Yeah, both Jim Bob and Gilb have a bunch of them on there. Um, I don't like giving the money, but I bought a few of the worst looking ones, so you don't have to. How much are they? Like five bucks? Yeah, they're like, they, I think they range between like three and ten dollars a piece. Okay, so it's like CD money. So they're like yeah. basically like they're on Venice Beach being like, buy my CD. Yes, and they do still, you still can get a CD version of it, which is fun. But so the one that Gil Bates has on it is called, who's the quote unquote more progressive one, has a sermon entitled The High Price of a Sensual Girl that he gives to a group of teenagers and their parents. And here's a little piece of that. A little girl that's deceptive with God, deceptive with her parents, has started a pattern that she'll soon be deceptive with you. And if you encourage her in her deception, you know what's gonna happen? You're teaching her new ways to be deceptive, not only with them, but also with you. Be careful 
If they can't honor, you say, well, you know, I think the rules their parents made are too strict. And we're going to get married anyway. It's okay. One day she'll think the rules you lay down might be too strict. If she thinks God's rules are too strict and her parents' rules are too strict, she'll probably think your rules are too strict too. And you'll be reaping what you sow. Number three, not only difficult girls that are just kind of setting their ways, unteachable, don't want anybody to tell them anything, don't want to listen to their parents. If they won't listen to their parents, don't think you're going to rescue them and they're going to listen to you. It's not going to happen. It's a pattern of life. They've started for 20 years now. Now, can people change? Sure they can. God can change all of us. But like Mr. Gothard says, you'd like to get a diamond that's almost getting pretty perfect before you marry him. Instead of getting a piece of coal, it's a big old block that's going to need a lot of work. Because you're going to suffer through it with him, okay? Number one, a difficult girl. Number two, a deceptive girl. Girls that are deceptive, that are kind of sneaky. If they'll sneak around behind their parents, they'll sneak around behind you. Oh, no, we're in love. Number three, a disloyal girl. And lastly, don't get involved, not just with a discontent girl. Don't get involved with a, I say a Delilah kind of girl or a, for lack of a better word, a dirty kind of girl, a girl that's not moral. Now listen, God can forgive anything you've ever done and, give, and He can give you forgiveness and He can protect you wherever you are in life. You've gotten saved, you're going to live for God, that's great. But somebody that pursues a life of immorality that's not repentant and broken, I'm going to tell you, don't get involved with somebody like that because they've already created appetites that are going to be hard to break. But I'm going to tell you what, don't get involved in a girl with a girl that's already given over to immorality. It'll be something that will, if you're not careful, we're you. How, how do you, how do you, how do you put a price tag? The price tag of, the high price, the hidden price tag of a sensual girl or a worldly girl or a worldly relationship. So, and that's, that's bad for the boys because then they start seeing women and they feel like, Oh, I can treat you a certain way. Yeah, you're filthy, you're a slut. Because you're not obeying the rules I have. I like the way that your breasts look in that shirt, so I, I hate you and you're evil. Yeah, I can like touch you, I can follow you. I can disrespect you, yeah. for sure. Yeah, and we'll also talk about what how that mentality led Josh to, to treat women. So that's just a little clip. There are so many other gross things he says in this, including telling embarrassing stories about his daughters using their names on stage. No. Like you can tell like he's just spitballing up there and they didn't give him permission. And then he's like telling, he says their names and tells these so embarrassing things about them. No, that's so bad. You know, I was thinking last night, like, cause we're, you know, doing this series every single Sunday, the sermon was about how women need to be subservient. Mm -hmm. And, I'm talking every Sunday, every Wednesday. I was in church every time the doors were opened. And I like, when I moved away, I was like, that's my old life, yeah. you know? And I got really angry with God for a long time. And I was like, not even an atheist. I was just yeah. like, you know, fuck you, God, you know, because of that. But I'm like now re going into it. And I'm like, that is abuse. Yeah. And sure. I think that's why I apologize so much. I apologized earlier for saying a story that was relevant to the show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think that is also a problem for a lot of us It's apologizing too much, but I totally get what you're saying. And, and I do think it's important to not conflate 
spiritualism with religious abuse. So there's no reason anybody should ever like condone somebody having a spiritual life in their yeah. soul and their heart or whatever. Yeah. Whatever you want to believe. It's the the part that should be condemned is the people who take advantage of that. Who take it. And there's some serious taking advantage. I think I was at like Ed and Julie's the other night after our party. Uh-huh. And I kept apologizing for being there. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm here. You okay if I hang out? And they were both just like, you need to stop apologizing. <laughs> They've like, I've had many people come into my life be like, you need to stop apologizing. I yeah, and I get it and I'm though. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said it. It was just because for like what 17 years, my whole life, it was just like you need to apologize I for mean, being for for yourself. You always be a lot for being. I was alive. always yeah. being like pulled into a room and be like, Amber, you apologize, even for like my cousin doing something wrong. Like, what did you do to make him do something? Yeah, I was always being pulled in a room. I had to apologize to adults, apologize yeah. to the preacher, apologize to the other kids. Mm-hmm. My whole life. Yeah, and uh, this is why uh, I'm doing this episode because of what you just <laughs> went through. And I didn't, I knew you came from like a little bit of a strict religion, but I didn't realize you came from like this fundamentalist. I didn't really, because again, I like, I pushed it under a rock. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm here now, I'm an adult. And then like, who knows, your childhood has such a, <laughs> such a beacon of light on your adulthood. I mean, and then a lot of times you don't even notice or know until... Yeah you're like deep into adulthood and you're like, oh. Right. (laughs) And because I was from Saudi Arabia and then moved to this fundamental place in the South that was like extra apologize. Like all all the problems went on me. You're like, oh, the entire world is like this, great. Yeah. Um, So so yeah, that's what Gil has to say. Um, I haven't been able to locate an exact time, like I said, when he took a leadership role on the IBLP, but I've, estimated somewhere around 2012. Um, Gil needed to get more of his message out, though. He just wasn't satisfied with that. So when the show was premiering, he and his kids also built a church right near their house in Clinton, Tennessee, during the same time period. So he could preach every Sunday, which he still does. Oh, just walking right to church from the house. I remember walking to church. That's probably fun. Yeah, you just take a nice little stroll and then you go to the buffet after. I remember the buffet was like $2.50 for like all you can eat, you know, uh, frog legs and I mean we didn't do church but we did a lot of old country buffet and yeah. I loved it oh yeah I still love buffets I'm not giving them up from this fucking COVID does not get to take that away from me no it doesn't we've seen all the video call fails by now the mute button mishaps the cat cameos people not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off but none of this makes Fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy bitsy baby duck how do I turn this thing off it's too late Fred it's too late when you realize it's better to do business in person it matters where you stay welcome to the Hilton Garden and Fred the meeting room is right down the hall Hilton for the stay In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. So 
The Bates premiered, uh, the Bringing Up Bates premiered in 2015. In May of that year, after many years of rumors flying around online, it finally caught national attention that Josh had molested four of his sisters, Josh Duggar, molested four of his sisters in a babysitter when the magazine In Touch Weekly obtained a redacted police report via a Freedom of Information Act request. Again, we're going to get into that way more next week. This is a very winding story. So the parents knew the whole... They had to have known. I mean, all this helper bullshit, they still know. They knew. They knew everything. They knew. We'll talk. Oh, wait wait till we get to Josh's story. Like I said, on bringing up Bates, the IBLP doesn't come up very much, if at all. And I don't know if that was pointed or not. The IBLP certainly wasn't looking good in public, but Gil was still helping keep the org afloat. However, even though he wasn't applying all the instructions from the IBLP in his own life, like his daughters could go get jobs, go to school, etc. So it's very confusing, but they're still very, very conservative. A highlight of the first season of Bringing Up Bates is when Gil and Callie Jo invite their daughter, Carlin, on what looks like a romantic date where they buy her a dress to wear and present it to her like somebody brings it to the house and she has to open it on camera. And it just reminds me of Pretty Woman. Yeah. Like They're just like, we've purchased this gown for you to wear on our date tonight. And uh, then they take her to dinner and they, they do what looks like a proposal and they offer her a purity ring. I know purity rings are common in fundy communities uh but it's still it's just so uncomfortable for me to watch it's like it's just basically a ring it's saying like remember this little bobble on your finger you have to keep your legs closed now remember it yeah because you're her you've promised your father you promised Mm -hmm. your father you're his Mm -hmm. and then now you go to this guy that's absolutely how they do it so like not to be also not to be a cliche but (laughs) Why don't the boys have to wear a chastity hat or something? Yeah, it's only the girls wear the purity ring. Mm-hmm. They should wear it like a, a, a cock ring. I know. It I should l- be presented a cock ring by the mothers. <laughs> I do like a chastity hat. And like you see a boy in a top hat and you're like, oh, he's been promised a woman. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's a top hat. Yes, please. Can we, if we're going to do this to the girls, can we please also do this to the boys? Yeah. Um, However, I do still like the Bates more. I think this is a trick to get you more comfortable with all the horrific shit they do, but it worked on me. As bringing up Bates progresses, we watch the dress codes relax just a touch and the girls' personalities start to show through a little, just like the Duggar girls. A lot of the older girls have gone on to be married and have started having kids and they're mostly not doing the quiver thing. Most of them even wear pants and shorts. Whoa. Yeah. They're still involved in super toxic, pseudo-conservative, patriotic nonsense. But the big girls at least have their own voices, their own power. And their husbands, though still gained through weird courting processes, it all seems relatively... They seem kind of nice and they, uh, they're actual partners, not lords over their wives. That sounds nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the Bates sons who have grown up are, are varying levels of bearable. Nathan and Lawson Bates are usually up and online as being the most unrelatable on <laughs> to the people who watch the show. Lawson has been trying to do a country music career thing for years. It's very uh, superficial, kind of like his first album was called Freedom Sure Ain't Free. Oh, that's uh, Freedom Sure Ain't Free. Yeah. That so, reminds me of the South Park. It's I know. Like 45 or whatever. I know, but I don't think he's ever, as funny as I don't think, I'm sure he's never seen that movie, but it's the, he's doing a parody song without knowing it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I wish that he would, at least he's allowed to listen to music. The Duggars aren't allowed to listen to anything like that. So he's allowed to listen to music to the point where he can 
be a country singer. That's good. Um, I was allowed to listen to Bette Midler, Whitney Houston. It was either like religious, old school religious stuff or like the divas. I get it. All right. Well, that's nice. Yeah, that was very nice. I think that was like also like a um, a, a light in the crack of the devil for me to like get out in the world. <laughs> Bette Midler was your gateway drug. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, I do love I do love a Bette Midler. And you know what? They're good singers. So I'm kind of proud that I grew up on that. I at least grew up with good music. Yeah. I'm glad that you got some kind of secular, you know, something. Yeah. It's it's scary if you don't. You just the, everything in the world seems terrifying. Um, so yeah, you know, I wish that Lawson would like tap into more of the struggle side of his life. He he was known to pay for his family's groceries a lot when he was a teenager because Aww. he started a lawn mowing business when he was like fourteen, and he ended up being successful with it. So his parents a lot of times could didn't have money to feed their children, and so he would buy all the groceries for his parents. I mean, if you can't afford to feed your kids, and you just keep for, it's I don't know. I don't want to pour shame. I know, but it's like they keep having the kids when you're forcing a fourteen year old to go to work, and like, yeah. come on, man, you're living in filth. Like, look around you. Yeah, exactly. I never ever want somebody to feel bad if they're struggling with kids. It's the fact of the sheer number that they don't. They know that they have a lot and they just keep having more knowing that they don't really have any means to take care of them. And it's it just makes me sad. It's like not fair to the kids. It's not a good quality life. No. Um, though many of the older Duggar girls who are not permitted to have social media accounts until they're married, presumably so their husbands can watch over them. So they can't be doing no duck lip selfies. I guess on so. Or like, you know, damning with boys or something. I don't know. So they're not allowed, but a lot of them have left home. Again, they're not allowed to leave home until they're married. Um, so their mates are not as great, in my opinion, as the Bates, the Bates girls' husbands. Though it's true that most of the older Duggars have walked away from the IBLP. This is true of the Bates kids as well, actually, with a few of them even publicly and denouncing Bill. Oh, so they just so some of these kids just walked on out of there. They did. Even though Gil is still on the board, they, um, they're they still really part of other toxic things, but they're I'm happy for them that they got out of that. Is anybody just like shaving their heads, punk rock? No. No? The closest is Jill Duggar, who has her husband's going to law school. She drinks sometimes. She's uh, super um, open about talking about like her sex life with her. Like she's she's the coolest of all of them. And she's gone through a lot of therapy. She's still in it. She had to cut her family off because, well, basically they disowned her for, she's like the sweetest person in the world. And her dad, basically, she's not allowed to go visit her siblings unless her parents supervise her and stuff. And she's just like this really cool lady with two kids. They just had two normal amount of kids. Yeah. But and I also can't imagine she wears bathing suits. Yeah, disowning your child. If again, don't have kids. If you're going to disown them for being gay, for wanting to wear swimsuits, yeah. even if they don't want to have kids someday, like what are you doing? She and she's such a good person. Is the yeah. craziest part. Like she's, it's not like she's a you know she's robbed them so many times to buy drugs that they can't deal with it anymore. It's like she wants to wear jean shorts and they're just like (gasps) yeah Um, if if you can't handle that you can't handle having kids because they have their own life but then again they don't think of the kids of their own life their property and it it actually gets much more sinister than that which we'll talk about next week because initially whenever the Josh stuff came out they 
basically forced Jill and her sister Jessa to go on a um, media campaign, like criticizing people for talking about it, saying they had healed and all this stuff. And the girls never got any kind of therapy. And so as Jill got older and moved out of the house and has this husband who's like, you know, pretty supportive, she realized the level of um, neglect and abuse she experienced just by her parents making her defend her brother when she had never even processed the trauma of him yeah. doing this to her. You go defend him and you apologize. You apologize for what you did to him. Yeah. Again, just I get so many, like me being pulled into a room. You apologize. Yeah. And so when Jill kind of, you know, got into therapy and talked about it, she was like, I'm not okay with that. And that was not okay with the family. They have coddled Josh through all of these things. Josh has lived on their property multiple times with his family. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does look like a little boy king that never got into power. Absolutely. Like, that's yeah. what they that's what they treat him like. And they have disowned Jill, the girl who was molested by that's this crazy. guy. And remember, we go back to Bill Gothard. And uh, his whole thing was like the girls who got... Uh, physically assaulted Mm -hmm. oh they don't go to therapy i can deal with it only i know how to deal with this yep so this is the same exact pattern like jim bob even though he i believe i my opinion i think he's a narcissist like clinical narcissist he still considers bill above him but other than that it's just jim bob he's the god of everyone but so he still just uses bill's teachings in every part of his life so anyway a lot of the kids have denounced it which is great um but there is still you know the majority of their husbands are still just part of a different toxic religion and they adhere to much of the same bad actions that are encouraged in the iblp um for example it's been questioned whether or not some of the girls are still using to train up a child on their children um to train up a child written by michael and w pearl is a book that as we mentioned is not an iblp uh, distributed material, but it's used by the majority of them and many fundamentalists. Amber, you said your grandfather had a copy, right? Uh, yeah, he gave it to my mother to give to teach me this way. She fortunately uh, put it in a closet and never did this yeah. because it's it's very physically. I mean, he would spank me or, like I was two, three years old. Yeah, I can't imagine spanking a two year old, three year old child like hard. Oh, the the pearls su- suggest spanking an infant. Um, so I'm very glad that you didn't have this training. Um, it is a, I mean, I still get spanked. Don't worry. Oh, sure. (laughs) There, so there's, this is a tangled web that they have created, Michael and Debbie Pearl, but essentially it's a series of psychological tricks used to attain complete and utter compliance from their children, effectively turning your kids into obedience robots. My mother was spanked by her father, by the grandfather gave of the book. I think she said she was even like in her 20s, he was spanking her. Wow. Yeah. 20s? Like over the knee, hard, with a belt, spanking her. Oh my God. In her 20s. That turns into something else at that point. It's weird. It's weird. He was a weird man. And you know what? I don't like him. I don't He's like it either. I'm sorry to say that. Yeah, and I don't, I don't like mean him. to say that about your grandfather, but I don't like I was him. like purposely taken away from him. Like you're not allowed to like, like I never had like, let's go sit on granddaddy's lap. Cause he was like, he was like a, a physically, he yeah. would spank his 20 year old daughter, you know, with a belt. Like That's some weird like possession thing. Yeah. Oh man. But that's in the book. This is, this is definitely like in those, I, it makes sense why he would like this book. Um, it really... Well, the book itself starts out with a hilarious joke. It says, switch your kids. When you tell some parents they need to switch their children, they respond, 
I wish I could if I find someone willing to trade. <laughs> what a funny little joke that is. Um, so they're talking about hitting there, obviously. Um, they offer different ways to obtain obedience in this book, largely through corporal punishment. Um, here's an excerpt. If you are just starting the process of training a child who is not convinced of your authority, one spanking may not be enough. A general rule is to continue the correction process until the child has surrendered his will to you. If after a spanking followed by exhortation, he is still rebellious and you feel that further spanking is in order, you will want to lighten up on the force you apply. You can win the contest of wills only when the child is emotionally stable enough to make a rational decision to surrender to the powers that be. So... Yeah, it's breaking. It's all about breaking people. It is. The chapter goes on to explain which instruments will affect the nervous system more, thus leaving fewer marks and bruises while still being very painful. They suggest spanking children under a year old with a willow branch to train them. Oh, yeah. I got told to pick the switch. <sighs> An infant. An infant. Yeah, that's too... An infant. Yeah, that's... No, okay. Many of their... I mean, I don't think anybody should be bit with a... But, tree branch and i'm sorry that you had to do that and it hurts because um, the trick is you don't pick the tiny ones because the tiny ones they go whip, whip, whip. oh this one's hurt more because yeah, of they the snapping yeah. oh man that makes sense um well and that's what that's what they suggest to hit an infant with so what were you gonna say oh it's the picking it out yourself that's it's, like that's psychological right it's another layer of punishment because you're like you're picking out your torture weapon and like what will hurt the least yeah um, so that this is, you know, that's adjacent to these teachings and many of their chapters are focused on physical punishments being biblical. So they try to push back against critics by who are saying, oh, this is child abuse. They by saying we we warn over and over again not to hit the children too hard, which they do in the book. Um, what they're doing instead, however, is suggesting restraining children physically and methodically hitting them until they stop experiencing whatever emotions are annoying to the parents. So it's like more so in, in the lines of water torture where they are still telling you to hurt them, but they're saying, well, we're not telling you to beat them until they're bleeding. We're just telling you to break down their heads until they can't make their own decisions anymore. Yeah. Um, Which, thank God, my parents never did that. They were like, oh, you're feeling this way? Like, I mean, I was mostly left alone. But they in the book, they tell you, like, oh, if the kid is crying, you spank them. Yeah. To sh anything that's really in any way annoying to the parents. So. Yeah you can't express yourself in any way. It's deranged, it really is. Uh, there's so much to say about what Michael and Debbie Pearl do. I watched a thing once where they were talking about their honeymoon and that experience and I just cannot with what they said. Uh, I don't even know how to explain it. What'd they say? Basically, Michael was training Debbie on it and then they're talking about it like it's a positive. He did all this weird shit to her on the honeymoon and it, if you, you can probably find it if you just Google that in honeymoon, their names in honeymoon. Maybe I'll even do a TikTok. I'll, I'll try to find that footage for, of Michael and W. Pearl. But, um, yeah, what's one of the things he did to her? He would just do things like he, you know, made her, she lost like a lot of them, which we're going to talk about in the next episode. The women all lose their virginity. That's a very traumatic thing to happen, especially if it's a person who doesn't care and who wants you to have sex over and over again. And then he would like, she'd be complaining and then he would like leave like so she'd be like in pain and stuff and he'd be like oh she was whining and so he like would just leave and like go like fish without telling her where he went for six hours and, like what? all these weird cycle he was doing psych games to her yeah um right away but 
but now she's she loves it she's super happy so because she's trained in it yeah so uh also there's a, a seminar where when he was asked by one of the people ex- who were at, was at the seminar like during a Q&A what to do about an angry husband his advice was to give him more sex so basically the woman was kind of she was kind of alluding to that maybe her husband was like abusive in some way but you're not allowed to say that she probably didn't even know you because you think this is normal i mean if you've been spanked since you were an infant you think this is normal behavior yeah and she's probably in some way trying to go i feel like this is bad and i feel bad what should i do um and so he said have more sex with him is the answer to that angry sex with this woman that just lost her virginity and like you need to be held after sex not him go off fishing well yeah that's on the honeymoon and this other thing i was just talking about is he when they were giving one of their seminars which they do where they give it to like a room full of people they show you how to spank the kid and everything you can find footage of it too but in that foot some of that footage there's a woman in the audience who asks what she should do about her angry husband and he says, um, just you're not giving him enough sex. So she's being abused by this guy. Uh, and then he tells her to just make, she has to have sex with him more, which just is I'm sure exactly what she wants to do. Allow him in her spirit more. And no. certainly that will fix him. Um, so we're going to wrap up here. Um, one of the most notable theories they hold and that Michelle Duggar loves to use on her babies is a thing known colloquially as blanket training. I don't think that Pearl that the pearls came up with this term, but it refers to a method that they created. The basic premise of this training is to place a baby on a blanket with some of its favorite playthings just out of reach. When the baby goes to crawl towards the toys, you punish the baby. There are various versions of this premise. Some involve giving a toy to a baby on the blanket and smacking them and removing the toy if they move off of it at all. It basically s- sounds like something an evil scientist would do to a lab rat, like we were talking about before. You're providing the toys, and some versions of blanket trading involve trying to coax the baby off the blanket, only to then punish them. What? It's supposed to condition them to remain on the blanket if they can't be attended to because you have too many children. So it's like an invisible fence of fear you're teaching them. Oh, that's not going to affect them as an adult at all. No, 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 no. Ah, it's fine. No, perfectly healthy. It. it probably teaches them to like stay in their hometown. A lot of things don't step out of line ever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they basically, they're trying to create this prison for the kid through these weird psychological games where they're like playing good cop bad cop with a baby um it's a baby it goes goo goo gaga cries when it's hungry yeah that's it that's what it does you feed it love yeah and i think I, we mentioned it last week they also uh, recommend if your baby is not is like chewing on your nipple when they breastfeed to pull their hair to teach them so yeah. Um, this makes me sad. Yeah. Well, I should note also that to train up a child has been linked to multiple deaths of children. So um, I'm glad my mom didn't train me like that. I'm glad she threw that book away. Yeah, me too, Amber. Um, it's not fully clear if the Duggar girls or the Duggar boys and their wives are implementing these teachings, but many of them practice extremist religions, if not the IVLP. The Duggar boys' wives, for the most part, are straight out of Journey to the Heart, meek, barefoot and pregnant, married at 19, without any semblance of self. Um, Everything's for daddy and then everything's for husband. I cannot tell you how many of these Duggar weddings were officiated by the girl's dad. So their first kiss that they have in their entire life, 
Their father is standing six inches away, just staring down the couple as an audience watches one of the most special and private moments in a person's life. It's so so gross. It is gross. I mean, they might as well go and make sure the couple like consummates the relationship and like watches. Some cultures do that. They like watch and make sure that people I mean, have sex and make sure like the there's blood on the blanket. Does she was a virgin? I'm not. I don't have any reason to say I, this is a pure speculation, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that some of these families do that. You know, they will. We'll talk about what the, they get on their the book they read, the Duggars read on their wedding night. Um so yet, and through all this, at least we know who these women are. And if they are, at least we can see them, know that they're alive and they're at least looking healthy. So many of these IBLP people are receiving all of the punishment and all of the conditioning and none of the coverage. So please, can we just all think of them and keep this discussion going so they know that if they want to leave, they have a support system outside of this little world. Um, if this is you... You can visit recoveringgrace.org backslash recovery groups. They have resources there. I know this show is not going to attract many people from this world. There are much more gentle places to go. If you know someone who wants to get out, I, you know, who don't swear like this and we don't, that don't have like talk about like gaping assholes or anything. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I pray you put this journal away is a great place to start to hear a, a story of somebody who went through this and had to leave. But you never know. Maybe some of those girls are just ready to become like crazy maniac hellion women and they're listening. I mean, that's what happened to me when I moved to New York. I, in <laughs> fact, I didn't even do any drugs because I was like, I got to get out. I got to get out of here. And I everything was so scary to me. Yeah. And then I moved to New York and then I was like, oh, man, I discovered prints. I discovered crop tops. Hell yeah. I discovered ketamine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't endorse ketamine. No, no. I don't endorse ketamine, but, but that, I do endorse prints. But that is sometimes what can happen is if you completely are removed, sometimes you go way far in the other direction. Oh, you know? I went bad. I mean, I was like on the verge of living on the streets. I had an yeah. addiction. I mean, I'm covered. I'm clear of all of that. And yeah. I've like done a lot of like self-medication, but right. <laughs> you could very easily just go the opposite way. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Like learning boundaries and stuff, I feel like is important for kids and they don't get that in this. Uh, no. They don't get healthy boundaries. They get invisible fence boundaries. No, I would have men that would just grab me and mm -hmm. say the worst possible stuff to my face. I was a cocktail waitress in Manhattan. So you can imagine what they would do. And I would just be like, and I think part of the reason I was hired is these men knew, these Russian bosses I had, were just like, oh, she won't. She won't say anything. She won't say she won't anything. Don't complain. Yeah. Um, I made money, though. So, that, I mean, at least. <laughs> get every fucking dime out of them, as that's what I say. Yeah. Uh, so... If you want to donate, I usually wait till the end of the series uh, to say, but I'm going to say we're going to donate to this group as well as one next week. But if you want to donate to Recovering Grace, um, they do so much good work and you can, they, they have a thing where you can, I don't know if anybody's done it out there, but you can go through Amazon links that your purchases will a percentage of them will go to a specific organization. So there's they have a link for that if you want to to contribute to Recovering Grace through Amazon. I'll um, link that in our Instagram bio. Um, we're almost at ten thousand followers. Thank you so much for that. And once we get to that point, we can post links in the stories too, and we can keep those highlighted. So if you do Instagram, if you want to give us a follow, I know it's annoying when people say that shit, but 
it's to get the links. Yeah, <laughs> you have to have 10,000 followers so you can post the links. I think you yeah, were saying stories, earlier, yeah. so like spam, people's spam accounts. Yeah, I think it's so like you have to show that you have enough of a following that you're not a spam account, essentially, I yeah. think is the point. But um, I will put it in the bio. And then also, if you want to donate directly via PayPal, you can PayPal them at finance at recoveringgrace.org. So... This is what a lot of people are trying to convey to Anna, though with her, it may be past the point of no return. I hope not. We're going to wrap this series up next week with the tale of Josh Duggar, and then we will move on to another story, another place. The Josh Duggar one, I mean, that's going to be... that. I almost want to do shots of whiskey after. Cause... Oh, we should. We should definitely have a drink after we do next week's. Yeah. For sure. And then, uh, yeah, thank you guys for for sticking around for this and hearing this crazy story. And uh, take care of each other. I got to come with, up with a better tagline at the end of the show. Um, don't don't uh, kill everybody. Stay greasy. <laughs> <laughs> Stay greasy. Stay greasy, bitches. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm Natalie Jean. You can follow me at the Natty Jean, and you can follow the show at Someplace Underneath. Amber. I'm Amber Smelson, and that's all across the board on social media. All right, guys. Stay greasy. <laughs> This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. We've seen all the video call fails by now. The mute button mishaps, the cat cameos, people not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off. But none of this makes Fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch, mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy-bitsy baby duck. How do I turn this thing off? It's too late, Fred. It's too late. When you realize it's better to do business in person, it matters where you stay. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn, Fred. The meeting room is right down the hall. Hilton. For the stay. Chapter 1, Wayfair welcomes you to the neighborhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the neighborhood," she said, where Wayfair helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trendsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love Chapter 2. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home.